everyone, and welcome to the Yusuf Shaheen podcast. Uh, today, I'm very pleased to have with us uh, Tara Shehata, a freelance filmmaker from Egypt, who I got especially on the podcast because one of the difficulties of studying a foreign filmmaker of a culture you don't know much about, especially one that doesn't have a Latin alphabet, is that certain types of information are very difficult to find. I mean, even the names of actors, unless they're written in a Latin script, you don't know who's who, yeah, much less what they signify and so on. So, so I just thought it would be fun to talk about two of Shaheen's musicals, uh, C'est toi mon amour and Silence en tourne. I actually don't know the English titles and I don't know the Egyptian titles. <laughs> Tara. Yes. Well, the Egyptian title is Inta Habibi, uh -huh. and the and for the other one, it's Sukut Hansawar, uh -huh. which is the the literal translations, basically. Okay. Good. Um, so, <laughs> yes. were you familiar with these films before? Yes, uh, I was. I hadn't watched them actually, but I was familiar. I, I'm familiar with all the names of Shaheen's films because, growing up as a like wanting to be a filmmaker in Egypt, you're constantly kind of thrown Shaheen films at you uh -huh. and his name all the time. Uh, but I like it, it was hard to get access to them, so I hadn't actually watched them until I kind of like seeked them out. Uh -huh. So know? how why yeah. is it difficult to have access to them? I mean, at least abroad, he is considered Egypt's greatest filmmaker. So so why are his films difficult to see? I I honestly don't know. Like they do sometimes come on TV, but it's um, on specific channels and not always. And uh, honestly, I don't know who who anymore really sits in front of the TV to wait for a specific film to come up yeah. um, so just for our generation it just feels harder and harder to get a, a hold of them but it's great that they finally you know came on Netflix I mean some of them yes quite a lot um, actually it's like 12 films yeah. so I think it's yeah. like a real treasure trove um, yeah and they got me so excited actually that you know I've been uh, spending outrageous amounts of money ordering films from France where they are more <laughs> okay. easily available in fact you know I have yes um, this box set, La Complainte mm -hmm. Egyptienne. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, and, and actually, there are various box sets. So I've got like three that I ordered uh, okay, uh, nice. from France. But again, you know, I, they're not available here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and they're difficult to see, uh, which is a real yeah. shame. I mean, um, I must say, these two musicals are far from being my favorite Shaheen films. Yeah. So uh, I, okay, I, like, yeah. I like them very much, you know, but when you think of, you know, why is Shaheen such a great filmmaker, these are not the examples mm -hmm. that you would point to. But what did you think of the film? Yes. Let's, let's begin with uh, Te Toi Mon Amour, because that's 1957, so it's already yes. like, you know, 70 years ago or something. Like it's a, yeah, it's a, another century, right? <laughs> so what did you yes, think? Yes, exactly. Well, uh, for C'est Toi Mon Amour, I actually, well, I, I hadn't been introduced to this side of Shaheen, the one where there's like quite a lot of comedy and humor. Uh -huh. So I, I, it felt refreshing in a way, and I quite really enjoyed the way it was shot and how beautiful it was. Uh -huh. uh, the story felt quite bare bones uh, in a way and quite, you know, simplifying of a lot of stuff, but uh, which is not Shaheen, because Shaheen is usually taken as a serious director, you know, and this story did not feel serious at all <laughs> but no, but I, I love the way it was shot and it was it was really beautiful to watch yes I thought so too 
And actually, um, you know, what I'm finding is that, like, like with all great filmmakers, and I really think he is one of the world's great filmmakers, um, different periods of his career offer different pleasures. Mm -hmm. So, you know, recently we've been watching a lot of his no early 1950s films, which are, you know, they're very commercial, they're with big stars. Yeah. A lot of them are, you know, surprisingly glossy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, they're always beautifully made. Yes. Yeah, like... Uh, you know, if the camera moves, it's moving for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so even a film like this one, which you think is thin, uh, it's thin, you know, but uh, there's a real pleasure in uh, the songs, which I think are beautiful. Yeah, like some the, songs the are score is beautiful. And there are yes. songs that just stay in your head. Like, I mean, you know. They're very popular the here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry? They're very popular here as well, like some of them. So <laughs> they're still popular. Yes, there. yes. Yeah, uh, the one that goes ta da ta ta happy happy. Just kind of you know stays in yeah, your head, yeah. right? So I think that's um, magnificent. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that it's aspirational. Okay. Yeah. So the plot revolved around this couple who are cousins. Were forced to marry because if they don't marry, the family will lose out on a hundred thousand pound inheritance. And of yes. course, it's like a screwball comedy, so they pretend to be married, and actually, by pretending to be married, they actually fall in love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you do see the ending um, kind of before it happens. <laughs> yes. Um, and my understanding is that the ending is stacked on anyway, really, because you know they build a whole huge musical number too huge. Too huge. Nothing, right? The film <laughs> could have ended half an hour earlier, right? That uh, is true. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, one of the things that really strikes me, and you know, you berate yourself for being so ignorant, is that you come across people, and you go, "Wow!" Right? Like, kind of, you know. So, Omar Sharif in um, Shaheen's early films. You literally go, wow, yeah, like he's so charismatic and I love him. And so on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in this one, actually, the person who makes the impression is, is her name Hind Rostom? Yes, Hind Rostom, yeah. <laughs> Hind Rostom, yeah. you know, who's fantastic, right? Yeah. Like, you know, she's just so alive. She's like a combination of Marilyn Monroe and Rita Hayworth yes. because she moves beautifully. You know, she's got that hair and, you know, she's smiling. And uh, yeah, like she's got a real movie star yes, presence, yes. right? Uh, whereas the other two, well, the woman, I don't know her you name. You mean Farid Al-Adraj? Sorry? Shadza. Shadza. Okay. She's fine. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I like her yes. very much. And the, the leading man has a beautiful voice, but he's as wooden as a post, right? <laughs> yes. Well, okay, so they're both, they were both very popular at the time and uh, for their singing voices as well. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, I completely agree that like when you compare Farid Al-Atrash, who's the male character with Omar al-Sharif, uh -huh. you just see that, you know, like the difference is uncanny and how one is like, I, I, I don't know what, like how to say this, but you know, like I think Farid Al-Atrash's way of acting is very theatrical and quite over-exaggerated in the way he depicts his emotions, whereas with Omar al-Sharif, you really feel for him, and you, you know, you, like it's this movie star in front of you. But I, I, I don't feel the same way about Farid Al-Atrash, yeah. even though he's obviously like he's been popular forever here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what I meant by aspirational 
is, you know, and, and I'm kind of, you see, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so impressed with this cinema is because, yeah. you know, if I think of Spain in the 1950s, you know, which was maybe on par with Egypt in the 1950s, or maybe even a bit below, right? It was, it was a developing country that hadn't quite developed yet. You know? Okay, okay. And if you see the films of that period, the production values, you know, the fashions, the, you know, just things like camera moves and lighting, Shaheen's mm -hmm. films are vastly superior to, you know, that which, you know, you can see in that cinema yeah. in the 1950s uh, in Spain. Um, yeah. And, you know, part of the richness is also a kind of an education, right? So what you see in this mm -hmm. film is aspects of design, right? Like if you just see, you know, the wallpaper, right? The, you know, the thing that they do with yeah. cats and fishes, that, you know, it's all minimalist, right? You know, and it's kind of set mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. as a bit of design, you know, and, and the rooms and, you know, this film's idea of what a comfortable bourgeois life is, yeah? yeah. Apartments, furniture, yeah? And then what I also like is, yes. you know, things like uh, the bars and the nightclubs and the fashion show mm -hmm. and the hotel, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these are all yeah. spectacular things presented to an audience, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as kind of pleasures of the film that are not to do really with story. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I think that's mostly what I really enjoyed about this film is watching all of these things more than the story, <laughs> the set design and the costume design and all the dresses that Hindu Rostum wears as well are just magnificent. <laughs> yes. I mean, the one with the white beads that move around on a black dress. Yeah. yeah and yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I also like the way that the fashion show is addressed as much to heterosexual men as you know to other people in the audience yes that's something that's not quite any longer the case i don't think yeah but yeah no definitely yeah yeah uh so so i also liked um the the screwball aspect it's a, it's a kind of a screwball comedy isn't it it is you know which I, I don't know if I'm correct when I'm saying this, but it kind of reminded me of the times when we were studying, like I was studying uh, Lubitsch as well, and uh, the idea of like the misunderstandings that create yes. comedy, yes. in a way, and, and that film was based on that, really. <laughs> yes, it's very, it's very farcical. Uh, it reminds me of things like um, uh, uh, um, It Happened One Night or Runaway Bride, yes. like kind of... You know, because I, I that's the way that those films begin. There's a marriage and they run away, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you can see that Shaheen has a fantastic education on Hollywood cinema. Yes, you know? definitely. Um, but, you know, kind of, it's very easy for people to put references in a film. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually, it's very difficult to state. Yeah, to state. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. the camera. Yes, know? definitely. And I think this is one of the things where, um, you know, I, I find this film very impressive, really, in, in okay. that regard. Just, you know, the, so, you know that the central love song, yeah? Yes. You know, I can't pronounce. <laughs> you, you mean the first one? 
No, I mean the one where they 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 agree to be married and they're going to oh. pretend to be in love. Yeah, the last one. Just, yeah. Okay. No, no, it's the one at the near the beginning, but it takes place in the living room, and it's just the two of them singing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. well, basically the words are are love words, but in reality you see you see them kind of setting up pranks for each other and they're hating yes. each other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just two people in a living room. Yes. Right? And you know, uh, uh, Shaheen builds a whole number. Mm -hmm. out of you know uh, yeah kind of two people singing in a living room mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't say it's quite like you know the level of the free unit or whatever because it's not as glossy or grandiose but at the level of inventiveness mm -hmm. you know to kind of create a whole number out of arguably the most um the biggest hit song of the film yes that be fair to say yes yeah. i would say it is <laughs> yeah out of just two people singing to each other mm -hmm. you know and varying that across the room, you know, and where they're placed, and where the camera's placed, and whether the camera moves or doesn't move, yeah. you know, and how that all relates to the song. I thought it was really, you know, beautiful, uh, impressive. Really. Yes, yeah. it really was. I thought so as well about his other musical numbers, like even with the the. I think it was the first one where Farid Al Atraj goes to see Hindurostom in a in a nightclub, and yes. the the way the camera moves to set, you know, like it, it's relatively quite long takes. He doesn't. Cut quite often, and then the the camera moves around the whole room, and then creates frames within frames, and it's just so beautifully set up and blocked. Yes. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, actually, I think that that nightclub uh, number with Hindustan is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. It is so it is so visually stunning. Yes. Know? And um, I mean, my favorite song is the one in the, the second living room. One. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But my favorite number is. Uh, the one in the nightclub, you okay. know, because I mean, I think the move in that nightclub. So, like you say, like the the framing, the compositions, the camera movement, the glamour of Hin Rostam and mm -hmm. her clothes, and just the way she moves. Yeah, right? it's like so uh, beautiful. Yeah. And then the interplay between the two singers, but primarily Hin Rostam. And mm -hmm. then obviously there's always an audience around. Yeah, they're yes. surrounded by an audience. Yeah. So this ability to kind of hone in on the performer mm -hmm, whilst mm -hmm. always kind of you know making aware that there's an audience watching this. This is in a nightclub. Yes. That was, was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so. So tell me more about kind of the central performers. Who are they? <laughs> okay, so there's the two main actors are Shadzi and Farid Al Atrash, and wow. their each one's partner is Hind Rustum and Abdul Salim Al Nabulti. So uh -huh. these are the two um, partners who are trying to gain back uh -huh. uh, Shadzia and Farid Al Atrash. Uh, they were all very popular at the time. Yeah. Um, quite very well known for the singing for Farid Al-Atrash and Shadia. Um, yeah, and Hindu uh, Rostum was called the Marilyn Monroe of the Arab world in general. Okay, well, <laughs> As you can tell why. Yes, you can tell why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and Shadia has done so many films. Yeah, like they, they weren't at all, um, you know, unknown actors, which is also something I've, I've always been fascinated with with Shaheen is that he started out kind of with really big actors. Yeah. He didn't like kind of start out with small actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing about Shaheen that's so fascinating is that the cinema he begins with and the cinema he ends with are very different, even though they're integrally related, right? So, you mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a different type of cinema. 
night. It's like I, you know, yeah. I, I move from you know mainstream commercial cinema, genre yeah. cinema, into yeah. like I don't know authorist expression that uses genre and all you know. And I mean, in many ways, he's doing the same thing, but he's doing it in yeah. such a completely different way. Yes. Um, yeah. So, shall we use that as a cue to move into Silon Santo? Okay, yes, let's do because that. Because that comes, <laughs> you know, in the, that, that is in the auteur period of his career. Definitely, you know. in the auteur realm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, so, what did you think of that? Um, honestly, just seeing them back to back as well kind of made me feel like it was quite, like, I can't say that, but it, it's a little bit, it felt a bit bland and flat. Yeah at the beginning uh, to me um, I did enjoy the last like 30 minutes maybe it felt a little bit more upbeat by then story wise um, and but when, when when I compare it kind of you know the set design and how the camera moved in into Habibi and then watching um, silence were silence were rolling it did feel like there was a major difference I don't know if you felt the same I did way. I mean you know I think the, like, visually, Silan Santon is doing much more complex and interesting things. But it doesn't work as well, right? Um, mm -hmm, yes. I mean, I love the opening song, yeah. right? And actually, I think it begins kind of really great, you know, in that concert okay. hall sequence. Uh, I like that mm -hmm. very much. But is it Latifa the mm -hmm. star? Yes, Latifa's the star. She wasn't... She wasn't an actress at that time. She's actually a Tunisian um, famous singer, but she, I don't think she was known with acting at right. all. So that was a new one, experience one as well. One can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I think is part of the problem with the film. <laughs> yes. Yeah, is that, um, yeah. you know, she's, she's quite stiff. You don't feel for her, really. And actually, I think in a way, the whole film is kind of a conceit. So, so the story is, about um, this very famous singer who's uh, divorcing her husband. Uh, she's got a daughter. And this yes. kind of cad uh, makes her fall in love with him so she can, you know, get access to her money. Right? That's the plot. On the other yes. hand, uh, her mm -hmm. daughter is married to this very political guy who's just gotten his doctorate and who doesn't want to marry her because she's mm -hmm. got too much money or yeah or yes. so one problem is too, too much money the other problem is i want to steal your money yes right so roughly that's the what structures the plot mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. there's a lot like and um, another point as well is yeah. that uh, that guy that her daughter is in love with is also the the son of um, of a driver so it's a very big difference um in class yes. and that's what the film is based on i feel yes <laughs> yeah. There are interesting political elements that recur, mm -hmm. you know, and again, you know, as a stranger, I, I just don't know enough about it. Mm -hmm. But for example, there is a political dimension to Setua uh, Mon Amour, mm -hmm. right? Kind of, you know, scenes are set in the Aswan Dam, mm -hmm. right? Kind of, you know, uh, a lot of it is about change and gender roles and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the way things were, but now y young people have the right to make their own decisions about marriage, yes. right? Yeah, so this idea of a, of a society in transformation and change, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you have scenes that are set, is it the Valley of the Kings? Yes, yeah, the, the Valley of the Kings, where I, I yes, that's also where, um, it's a recurring place because he also shot uh, 
blazing sun there, like with Omar al-Sharif and Fatin Hamima. Um, yeah. Yes. So just like a recurring setup. So, <laughs> you know. Uses. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, one of the weaknesses that I feel in my understanding, or, you know, one of the areas that I need to find out more is that you sense that there is a whole uh, political dimension, a whole social and historical dimension that is brought to bear on meaning in the film that you don't have access to. So, you know, mm -hmm. you know that these films are about Egypt, mm -hmm. right? Because they're set in the Aswan Dam, mm -hmm. they're set in the Valley of the Kings, yes. they tell you that they're about, you know, a society in change, but actually you don't know, you, yeah, that's about as much as you can tell, right? And of course, uh, Silence en Tourne, yeah. begins with a song about, you know, mm -hmm. kind of loving your country and so on, right? Mm -hmm. So they yeah, got a, quite a yes. patriotic song. Yeah, very uh, patriotic. Uh, yes. So, so I mean, what do you what do you mm -hmm. make of it? What do you get out of it in terms of, of this issue? Politically, I, I don't know if Shaheen really is saying something, but he is kind of highlighting it or like, uh, and I, I feel like he doesn't, judge the situation but he kind of just sets it politically like you said and uh, the constant uh, references to, to Abdel Nasser and like in, in Silence en Tourne um, you, you do see the differences in societies and I feel like they, the characters keep referring to how Abdel Nasser in a way wanted to take down the rich but he didn't manage to do that and there's like constant references and Enta Habibi, which is Citoyen Mon Amour, was set right after the, like when Abdel Nasser was in power, um, and it was right after the the revolution wow. as well. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if Shaheen is really saying something politically. He's just kind of like setting it at the time, and yeah. I don't know because I th I think there's to me there's something more right because you okay. know. Um, one of the characters in Silence en Tourne is called Nasser, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's named after. Yes, exactly. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, uh, the leader. So that yeah. you know, that has to mean something. It, it can't be accidental, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it would be yeah, like uh, putting a character in a British film and calling him Thatcher. <laughs> well, you don't call him Thatcher unless yes. you want to say something, right? Yeah. No, definitely. So, definitely. So, like the character of Nasser, I, I was having this discussion with a filmmaker friend that he's uh, he's called he's called Nasser and he represents this kind of um, um, quite a modest family, son of a driver who's getting his doctorate. And he kind of represents this potential social mobility, but it's also quite like it's trying to be realistic, but it's also quite very fantastical because that that can't happen. You know, that doesn't really happen. It's not really the case. No, I think that's important, though, but nonetheless, the fact that it's represented as happening mm -hmm. signifies, yeah, you mm -hmm. know, kind of uh, uh, in movies, yeah, it's kind of saying something. It's creating a universe that might be a fantasy, but nonetheless, it's a it's a universe in which these things are possible. Yeah, I mean that in itself mm -hmm. could be, you know, the utopian dimension of the film that you can make that happen. Um, yes. I was thinking of the grandmother in relation to the that character of Nasser because, you know, the grandmother tells the driver, oh, you know, my, my, my parents were poor as well. And then, you know, my husband, first he was a revolutionary, you know, when it was like fashionable to be revolutionary. And <laughs> then, 
you know, when it was fashionable to be multinational, he was multinational, and here we are with a fortune. <laughs> so yes. it felt like, you know, they followed every political kind of path, mm -hmm. but only insofar as it, you know, uh, suited the family. So and at that point, uh, the character of Nasir kind of replies to her and saying like, uh, and you also have a villa in Tel Aviv, and and that's because you know how. Egyptians and the Arab world is all against the Zionist movement. So that was kind of like the hit uh -huh. against that point, but yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit, I mean, the character that completely bewilders me is the gigolo, the doctor yeah. who wants to be a, a, a singer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I don't understand that character. Oh God, yeah, he's, he's not fun to watch at all. I know like the intention was to show that um, you know, he's this man who's exploiting this woman for her money to gain fame, but he really, like, I felt like he could have been a little bit more charismatic as well, so that we can get, can we can believe that they were actually fooled into loving him, but, you know, he, like, I really disliked his um, performance, and I don't know if that was intentional, or just, like, the actor himself <laughs> didn't come across great on camera. And who is, who is the actor? His name is Ahmed Wafi. Uh, and is he like a famous actor? No, he's not. He's quite... No. Yeah, he's not popular at all. One can understand why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, th there were things about his... Even just his look, mm -hmm. right? That I thought were completely off. So he had this very weird blonde streak. Yeah. Yeah, or light brown. And you think, that just looks, I don't know, it was like so cheap. And, you yeah. know, I just didn't understand, yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, can you imagine a doctor wearing, like, that light brown streak? No, not at all. <laughs> it's really, I don't know. I, I felt like maybe it could be interpreted in a way of, like, I don't know, his, his wanting to be um, kind of superior socially, but also having a blonde streak and kind of straight hair and that kind of cut that feels more... Um, maybe a bit westernized in the sense that you know like if he's blonde he becomes superior so he's kind of trying to be of that that level in a way uh -huh. tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the conceptual elements of the film you know because i mean i think there are, there are things that i find just so brilliant right mm -hmm. so this idea of scripting your life mm -hmm. yeah yeah how you know, the screenwriters come in and invent a life and, you know, or, yeah, uh, how, um, you know, the star actually can't articulate her own voice without the screenwriter, mm -hmm. right? That's an idea that's carried throughout the entire film. Yeah, I, I really, like, so that's the part where I had the most fun watching because it, like, at some point you're like, oh, what came first? Was it the script or the, the film that we're watching? But then obviously you realize, you know, you're, you are watching the film, so obviously the script, but... Yeah. It's just a, a lot of fun to watch. The other thing was the cartoon element. Yeah, that was uh, quite odd to watch and kind of kind of makes you laugh, but I don't know if that was the intention behind it. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked it. And again, you know, you think there's so much imagination, but but then I thought there was like a lack of consistency of tone. Yeah. Yeah, but that, you know, those elements didn't, uh, connect with, you know, um, uh, a woman betrayed. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It did feel a little bit off tone and uh, just inconsistent, inconsistent um, 
animation wise as well like it, it doesn't happen throughout the film just like in three moments or something I think it was three moments where you see uh-huh. this kind of um, animation coming on screen and you don't really know what's the point of it one of the things that really impresses me about uh, the Shaheen films that I've seen is they look big budget mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Know? right so Silence on Tune I mean the opening sequences in the concert hall must have had hundreds and maybe thousands of extras yes. right you know um, and and not only um, so many extras but also it had it had TV cameras and a full orchestra mm-hmm. and yeah it felt so yes, rich yes definitely is, is that typical or uh, is that unusual it, uh, honestly it's quite unusual like now with the big blockbuster films um, in Egyptian cinema you can see that amount of production value, but I, I don't feel like we had seen, like I had seen that in the early 2000s. I mean, I was still a kid at that time, but still, I feel like, you know, it's it's not typical to have that many extras in one room. Uh-huh. It did feel like an actual event, like a big, very operatic event. You know, they didn't shy away from the amount of extras they got on board. You as a filmmaker also, I, I mean, I wonder what did you make? Because one of the things that I love about watching films like this mm-hmm you know, is the idea that it gives you of looking behind the scenes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, at, at, at filmmaking. Was that an interest of yours? And if so, kind of, you know, what did you get out um, of it? Well, honestly, whenever we were behind the scenes watching, you know, the director uh, giving orders to the AD, it just, it constantly made me feel very um, self-conscious and self-referential in a way. Um, I did, I did point out, and I, I think that's very deeply rooted, and I don't think anyone um, that doesn't know the Egyptian industry would have noticed this, but one of the ADs in, behind the scenes who's playing the role of an AD is actually, um, was an, actually an AD on this film, <laughs> and his name is Amir Ramsis, and he's uh-huh. not an actor at all. He's, he was just like starting to AD for Yusuf Shaheen, and he's now like a, a director in Egypt, but it's just, I was shocked to see him because like I didn't know he had this role but it just it just kind of shows you how really self-referential Shaheen is and it just kind of blows you away every time uh, there's actually very little written on Shaheen in English mm-hmm. you know so I've got uh, the two major books the Arab National Project and um, uh, 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 Ibrahim Fawaz Youssef Shaheen there's a book in French called Le, Revoluc- Le Revolutionnaire Country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Quiet Revolutionary. Yes. Or The Calm Revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very interesting also. And there's a very interesting book, which is actually available online mm-hmm. um, through uh, uh, the Scholar Archive, yeah, that is open access, mm-hmm. called um, the, the Encyclopedia of Middle Eastern Cinema. Okay. And kind of, you know, I just uh, um, searched Shaheen mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, in the search function. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's amazing how so many Egyptian filmmakers work with him. Yes. You know? So, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, people got their start with him or, you know, they began as production designers or, you know, they, be, they, they began as stagehands and then became producers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's... It's amazing how all these strange names that I don't recognize 
have Shaheen in their biographical and yes <laughs> it's it, like I, I also keep learning of people I'm, um, I'm getting in contact with recently th that are like oh I worked with Shaheen on this one I'm like wow he's worked with so many people yeah. I mean so many people have worked with him yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an extraordinary career really mm -hmm. um, you know to to have been able to maintain uh, that work rate and to have done so many different films and so many different types of mm -hmm. films in a, a really uh, difficult context, yeah. yeah? So, yeah. you know, in a country where there was a revolution, where, you know, kind of the country changed, you know, um, there was a war, yeah, like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, to kind of keep making films across all of these difficult circumstances is really um, mm -hmm. kind of extraordinary. But I think, you know, what impresses me mm -hmm. most is that the films are really entertaining, yeah, they're kind of, they're diverting, mm -hmm. And, you know, they're also about something, yeah, like, Always. Uh, 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 you know, so for example, I think Silence en Tourne, to me, you know, is very much about kind of fantasy, yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's about, it's about desire and fantasy and, you know, kind of what's important and, you know, can you create your own life, yeah, can you, how do you, mm -hmm. you know, um, so, I was very fascinated by little things like, you know, the camera tracks that you mm -hmm. see, you know, the enormous crane. Yes. Right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I am, you know, and not to insult Egypt <laughs> or anything, but, you know, I always think of Egypt as like, you know, uh, uh, not, not, not a fully industrialized, not a yes. rich country, mm -hmm. right? So to have you know, those huge Manelli cranes, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, it just seemed wow, right? Like, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> well, yeah. e Egypt um, is the center of um, the cinema in the Arab world, really. And I feel like we, we are the country yeah. in the Arab world that produces the most films. That's for sure. Not, not in yeah. the world, but in the Arab world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, actually, I do mm -hmm. know that. But I also thought that it had... Um, so my understanding is that, you know, there was a period in the 50s where Egypt was, you know, the main producer for cinema for the whole of the Arab world, and that Egyptian cinema was, you know, Arab mm -hmm. cinema. Um, but that in the 90s, there was an influx of Gulf state money or oil mm -hmm. money or, yeah, that, that changed the Egyptian film industry. Am I wrong in thinking I, that? I honestly, I don't know about that. I. I still feel like uh, I, I don't think like uh, they. How do you mean by that? Do you mean like as in there were not as many films at that time produced by Egypt or? Well, that the main source of financing moved from being Egypt-based to, to being, you know, petrol dollars. Yeah. Well, I think t even to this day, the way Egyptian, um, it, like Egyptian films, make money is dependent really on its distribution in the gulf area <laughs> and around uh -huh. that so i don't i guess it hasn't changed much but yeah i'm sure there was like a turning point uh, as you say in the 90s or something when it became the source of money so what have you learned from watching these shaheen films what has it sparked uh, any interest yeah like <laughs> it kind of makes me wish um we still had that kind of it it was a lot of fun to watch kind of that golden era with the uh, Inta Habibi, C'est toi mon amour. And I kind of wish yeah. we still had that um, 
feeling in our films because I don't think we have that anymore in Egyptian cinemas. Um, there, there were points where it was quite misogynistic, and I don't think Shaheen is misogynistic at any point. But you know, like uh, how wow. Shadia slapped like twice, and um, and and like there's an expression that says "Dorbel Habib Zayakrizibib," which is basically um, hitting your lovers is, is like uh, is a sign of love that you love them, and I think. <laughs> yes. yes. It's like eating a dry raisin or a sweet raisin. Yes, or like exactly. That. <laughs> but I'm mean, like, obviously, like if a, like if something like this is shown right now, it would be judged um, uh, much more like in a harsher way than it should be judged when it was shot in the 50s. But yeah, it, it still feels like part of a golden era that I wish still existed. And now, um, yeah, it kind of feels like it died a little bit. But I guess that also happened with the society, as you can tell the difference in the way people dress and the way um, the streets looked like and the way people's beliefs and their values and how that changed immensely in the in the span of 50 years and yeah it kind of makes you a little bit sad but it's okay <laughs> well you know but on the other hand I think you have it I mean you know um, as you know I, I uh, well I teach in Cuba normally uh, I go to Cuba for a few weeks um, and one of the things that always surprises me about countries like Cuba is with all the fantastic songs and music and dancing and theater that they have actually, you know, like, I mean, they just have extraordinary mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. and dancing to not have done musicals, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you feel almost <laughs> what a waste, yes. right? And actually the sadness, mm -hmm. and that to me is a, a much greater sadness than yours because you know, um, often there's no record, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, uh, so, you know, the great performers of the 40s and 50s, sometimes, you know, you can read about them in newspapers, but you could never see them mm -hmm. perform. Whereas, you know, if they, now if they had made television appearances or if they had been in films or, yeah, like kind of, you'd be able to see mm -hmm. who they were, mm -hmm. right? So these countries with a great musical heritage, mm -hmm to not have made musicals, mm -hmm. right? Whereas actually, I think, you know, in Egypt, at least you, you did make <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you have, you know, you know how Hind Rostam moves. I know. <laughs> okay. And you know how, because the the very boring uh, leading man of Setua Manamu, he's got a beautiful yes, voice, yes. right? Superb. So, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, and at least kind of you can connect the two in the film, you know? So I think kind of, you know, it's a real richness to be able to to just mm -hmm. have it, yeah, kind of in the past. And, you know, I always think, well, you know, it's up to young people to invent kind of something equivalent. Yes, you know? I know. <laughs> I, I think a lot yeah, of um, up-and-coming uh, up, up Egyptian filmmakers as well see Shaheen as like this god of art cinema, and he's the one we have to look up to. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm hoping it inspires a new generation of films like the ones he made, but we'll see. Yeah. Yes. But the thing about Shaheen is, you know, um, I, and I talked to a Saudi filmmaker a mm -hmm. few weeks ago, uh, uh, Yasser Hamad, who's just lovely and, you know, <laughs> such a fan yeah. of Shaheen, right? Um, but it's not just the art cinema that he made because, you know, he made commercial melodramas yeah. and, you know, he did these musicals. And then, you know, I mean, he did really overt political mm -hmm. films like 
you know, uh, Yamila, Jamila, yeah. right? Uh, Jamila, the Algerian, yeah. it's incredible, right? Uh, so, so actually, I think he's like a model of so many different types mm -hmm. of cinema, mm -hmm. right? Because, yeah, and I do think that there is maybe, you know, and this is a problem I always have with, not, not just filmmakers, but a certain type mm -hmm. of artist, right? It's like where you think, okay, you know, I'm less interested in self-expression than in the expression of a point of view. You know, I actually, you know, I, I'm not too sure I care what you're <laughs> feeling unless it connects with what yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you want to articulate kind of, you know, something in the culture or, you know, or thought or something, you know, what you personally kind of think is not necessarily important. And I think the focusing on auteur cinema is almost too much of a focus on, you know, individual self-expression, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah? rather than all the other dimensions. Yeah, definitely. But don't you, th I feel like he did gain international fame, specifically maybe during his Alexandra um, t trilogy. Um, and that felt very, even, even if it did, um, it was very political, of course, but very self, not indulgent, but self-referential. Again, everything was, it was an autobiography, obviously. So did you, how did, did you like those films? Yes, I okay. love those films. Uh, but you see there he's using his own feelings or thought or life as a way of understanding life itself and yeah. Egypt <laughs> and Egyptian yeah. culture, right? So you, the goal is not to articulate yeah. your own feelings, is to, through your experience, try to understand what's around you, right? Because, you know, if you're watching Alexandria now, you're learning about uh, British mm -hmm. imperialism, the Second World mm -hmm. War, queer sexualities yeah. in Egypt in the 1940s, Very ahead of its you time. know, uh, Arab, uh, Jewish mm -hmm. relations, you know, in Alexandria, like, yeah, there's a whole world there. It's, it's not, not just about himself. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not just about you know what he as a young yeah. person felt, yeah. right? Agreed. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. No, no, you sense, completely are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything? So, so you were saying that you didn't have much experience of uh, uh, watching Shaheen films before. Um, yeah, I so I, yeah. I obviously I did grow up watching a lot of his films, but I didn't. I, I don't feel like I had access to to most of his films because, as you know, he's done many, um, and I wouldn't say I've watched all of them at all. Um, I think the first one I watched was Jamila um, when I was still in school, and uh, yeah, I definitely remember uh, that torture scene the most. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, so I, I like you still get access to them, but not as frequently as you wish uh, you could have. I think it's worth discovering. One of the things that mm -hmm. surprised me is his collaborations with women. So Jamila, and also this film that I saw the other day called Women okay. Without Men, which okay. is terrific. You know, they're, they're, they're all produced by women, and actually it's women who drive, who mm -hmm. drove the production. It's Mary Queenie, uh, Women Without yeah. Men. And then I forget who the star of Jamila is, but she produced okay. the film. Marianne Khoury was uh, a producer behind all of his films. I mean, not all, but so many of his. So yeah, he definitely had a lot of women filmmakers yes. with him. I think that's mm -hmm. a very interesting thing. And actually, I think, you know, obviously I'm very ignorant of Egyptian cinema, but 
you know, certainly if you look at Hollywood mm. and Britain, like, you know, kind of the, the work being done, the historical work being done now in terms of, you know, resuscitating female mm -hmm, filmmakers, mm -hmm. right? You know, not just screenwriters and editors, but primarily mm -hmm. producers, right? It's very interesting, you know, because actually there are very few of them. But in a brief encounter mm -hmm. with Shaheen, it's like, you know, you've come across more than in practically the whole <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, it's just something very intriguing, something that I, I hope kind of, you know, people are working on. In, in yeah, yeah. His, um, his family-based company, which is Misfit International Films, I'm sure you've noticed their logo in all of his films. They're still yes. um, in business, actually. They don't produce much, but... They're still uh -huh. like alive, and they have um, an art cinema called Zawiya, um, which is the main uh -huh. cinema in Egypt that shows art films and films from abroad and stuff. So they're still working, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, is there any last words that you want to say about Shaheen or these films before we wrap um, up? I, I think that's it. I am very happy we talked about it. I haven't really talked about. Shaheen with anyone that isn't Egyptian before so it just feels very nice to see an outsider's uh, point of view of him <laughs> okay <laughs> all right Tara well thank you very much uh, for for thank joining you, us uh, we are the Yusuf Shaheen podcast and we will continue with uh, many more discussions there's so many more uh, yes I look forward to hearing them thank you, thank you very much <laughs> Ma